Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a June 20th, 2023 edition of the MSP Initiative, MSP Talk. Uh, wow, we're already pretty much one month through the summer season here in North America, but uh, hopefully everybody is taking their much-needed R&R somewhere along the way. But in, for everybody else, hopefully we'll learn a few things. But before we get into that, let's do some general housekeeping. MSPinitiative.com, this session and every other session we've ever done is in podcast and video format here under the Sessions tab. So feel free to come back here after this uh, particular session and rewind or go back and look at all the ones that came before it. They're all there for you. Uh, enjoy. We are running an in-person event uh, this year called MSP Community Minds. It is in Denver, August 14th and 15th, coming up next month. We have a ton of people from around the industry that are our community minds, both MSPs and consultants alike. And we're going to be doing panels and workshops. And our goal is to have a totally educational event for you, uh, which is absolutely free for you to register um, and hopefully join us and uh, be able to get some you know, much needed, maybe one-on-one -on -one or you know, small group session time with our experts. We have three more MSP community block parties for this year. One in Fort Lauderdale in conjunction with our friends at Taylor Business Group and the big, big conference. But if you're in South Florida and you just wanna jump on a mega yacht going down the intercoastal, feel free. As an MSP, register, it's absolutely free to you. Uh, we also have uh, Datacom Miami coming up. Uh, so we have uh, that uh, venue to announce and we have uh, the MSP block party in Orlando. Last year, we had the All-American Rejects. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be uh, telling you who our act this year is going to be. Uh, but we love that big one at the end of the year. We have some community offers, basically some hookups uh, with companies that want to take care of you. So feel free to check those out. And then lastly is the industry calendar, which basically is just us giving out all of our homework to you. So if we uh, miss anything on this, feel free to submit it uh, and we'll try and get it on there for you. Uh, but ultimately just to give you a heads up on what's going on in and around the IT and MSP circles. So that is all of our housekeeping. There it all is. Today's guest is Chris Shoemaker. I think I said that right. Uh, <laughs> there it is. Um, we usually start these uh, sessions, Chris, with people who haven't been on here before. Uh, basically, you know, tell us how your, you know, your journey through IT land, right? How did you start? How did you get to where you're at today? And then once we get through that part, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the company that you're at and like what their story is, and then we'll see where it goes. Cool. Great. Thanks for uh, having me today, George. It's nice to be with you and uh, everybody in your community. Um, so my name is Chris Shoemaker. Uh, I currently work for a company called Cavello. Uh, I spent uh, 15 years on the MSP side of things, on the other side of the coin, over four different organizations. So I, uh, as a uh, person responsible for a channel at a vendor, I understand uh, who I'm talking to, what their expectations are of a vendor. Um, and uh, and really how to find success uh, with channel partners. Um, I uh, worked at a couple of different vendors, uh, one in the hyperconverged infrastructure space, most recently before this job. Um, and uh, now over the last 15 months or so, uh, working in the channel program and developing it for Cavello. Awesome. So tell us what does Cavello do? Yep, great question. So Cavello is a data insights and visibility platform designed specifically for MSPs. 
to bring an understanding to their customers of what uh, data those customers have in their environments that would be considered private, sensitive, or important, understand how that data is vulnerable, and understand the overall risk and liability that surrounds that data, and of course, uh, what to do about it. Hmm. So how does that work from a practical standpoint? Like, how does your system get access to all of these things in order to then evaluate them, I guess, and then tell you what's a problem or not? Yeah, sure. So we um, have a, a small agent that gets deployed on all the endpoints in the environment. Uh, we have API connectivity to all of their cloud uh, data repositories, think Office 365 and G Suite, et cetera. We will uh, crawl through uh, all of their environment, doesn't matter what type of source material it is, to create a master inventory of data. Uh, and then we will crawl through that and identify, flag, mark uh, what is considered PII or private, sensitive, and important, and uh, bring that to the attention uh, of the uh, MSP working on behalf of their customers. Uh, because what we're trying to do is create a, uh, a liability-focused, risk-focused um, action list. Uh, we do have vulnerability scanning baked into the platform because we believe that both halves of the conversation is really what is important, meaning where is all the important things in the environment and how are they vulnerable? Oftentimes, people will do vulnerability management and that's sort of table stakes these days, but they'll do it without the focus of, well, what are we actually needing to focus on? Of course, the liability needs to be the focus. Where is the important stuff in the environment, the keys to the kingdoms, if you will? Um, and that is what we try to provide because we cross-reference that in heat map and allow the MSP to really concentrate any precious time they have on the uh, most important things in their customers' environments. Hmm. Okay. So I guess this is multi-tenanted. The it MSP is. signs up. They create an account uh, for their end customer. They start signing into all their various applications, install the agent, and then this data starts feeding back into your platform. And then you start assessing what is or isn't, and then basically flag the MSP and, and maybe even like in a dashboard or some reporting based way and basically say, here are your problem. I don't know if you like color code it, but like, you know, most important, middle important, least important maybe. And then like basically say, you need to do something. Exactly right. Yeah, we give them a hit list on a heat map. And okay. we allow that information to be ingested into whatever PSA they're using as a, for instance, uh, to become tickets, um, to really sort of integrate into their workflows as an MSP and uh, just work into the mix uh, to allow their help desk people to get a focus that they may not have had an understanding of before. We're not a block so when, and tackle platform at all. We're informative okay. uh, in terms of insights and visibility. I was going to say, so like once your platform says, hey, urgent, you need to go do something, does it tell them what that something is or do they need to figure it out on their own? Yeah, we'll highlight uh, some of the action items that need to come from some of the insights the platform has generated. Those things will be ingested as tickets into their workflows. Uh, and then it'll be a fairly natural progression um, for the MSP to understand what to do about it in terms of practical day-to-day -day tasks 
to create some remediation in the environment, do some data hygiene, uh, encapsulate uh, some of the important things in the environment that were highlighted by the platform in, say, encryption or um, you know, password access, that kind of thing, whatever they do. Again, what we do is we give the data insights and understanding to the MSPs who are really the brains in the environment to wrap their professional services, knowledge, and understanding um, around the information that we are providing in order to execute on the best interests so, of the so customers. Let's try and do a practical like example, right? Hit me. Uh, I know doctor's office is probably an easy one, right? But like pick an end customer and then what are the things that you would expect MSP to get flagged on? Sure. So typically what we'll find, um, whether people like to know about it or not, uh, we our platform shines the light in the dark, scary corners. And what we'll often find is that the data policies and practical execution of where they're supposed to have data um, is not often the case. And what I mean by that is, if there's policies that say, hey, miss, all end users in the, in the environment should store their documents centrally on X server or in their Office 365 SharePoint or mm -hmm. OneDrive, we'll find that through the regular daily use and tasks, um, data has moved offsite. So users will, in order to get their job done, have pulled information down to their local endpoint, worked on it, and left it there unbeknownst to the environment and the administrators at the MSP and so on and so forth, mm -hmm. so forth. This is not a good scenario because user endpoints are always the weakest link. Um, so we have a saying that data is like water. It'll find a crack and go there, um, whether you want it to or not, right? So if you know about it, you can do about it. You can do something about it, data hygiene exercises, so you can move that data back on side where it may be stored in a place that's best protected, um, that kind of thing. So our platform allows hmm. people to have those understandings where data lives, whether they know it's there or not, it's best to know that it is, is there or is offside. So you can do something about it in order to um, lessen your overall attack surface and uh, make sure that you're in as good a place as possible from a data hygiene perspective. Hmm. So... If MS, so what would they be like if Cavallo didn't exist? How would the MSP, like without going to specifically look, understand this, you know, this, this, you know, this vector, I guess, this, this yeah. approach, right? So typically in the past, an MSP has stopped at the endpoint. They have done tasks mm -hmm. like uh, patch management and so on on people's uh, laptops and desktops, but they've never actually gone to the step of looking inside those endpoints, understanding what lives there and the relevance of the data and its importance to their customer's business. Without having a platform to automate the discovery of the data within those endpoints, cloud or native um, to the uh, premises, uh, they really have no way to understand what's going on. Oftentimes, more often than not, the customer has no idea. Uh, but a simple platform that can go out, do that data discovery, master inventory, crawl through there, identify the things that are typically important, private or sensitive, and flag them and bring them forward to be easily understood and addressed. Uh, that is all kinds of powerful for the average MSP. 
And oftentimes those MSPs that are taking this step and putting that into their overall tech stack and offering, they look like magicians because customers have no idea. So this company is, you know, like you haven't, you know, you didn't come from the enterprise space. Like what, you know, is it still, is it really, really new? Like where, why did you guys create your technology and go straight to MSP land? Great questions. Okay. So uh, the principal management um, and the dev staff and a lot of the sales staff, including myself, um, used to be part of a, an MSP. Uh, that MSP grew a platform that was vulnerability management centric out of that mm -hmm. business, eventually uh, got an exit on that um, technology to a large MDR provider. But the learnings that we took from that were that uh, vulnerability management alone is only one half of that telephone conversation. What we really need to find out is how to focus on the task for vulnerability management. And the focus needs to come from the overall liability and risk. And the only mm -hmm. way to understand liability and risk is to do data discovery and classification of the data. Marry that with vulnerability management. And now you can give an MSP focus. So because our history was in the MSP space and we'd previously developed a technology that we then sold to a large MDR provider to incorporate into their tech stack, we understand the world of MSPs and the needs. We understand the world of software and uh, IT security relative to MSPs and their needs. And that is what we're now doing with Covello. So Covello has been around uh, it was three years behind the scenes, two years to market. Uh, so we're about a five-year-old organization and our channel program is about 15 months old right now. Okay. So this is still pretty new. It's relatively new. Yeah. But we're trying to solve a problem where, and to your point about enterprise space, there are solutions in the market for dis data discovery and classification. There's solutions in the market for vulnerability management. Nobody marries them together in the same platform. And the traditional solutions have typically focused direct carving channel out of the picture mm -hmm. and to medium to large enterprise. So these solutions aren't looking to work with the channel or the channel's customer set in the small medium enterprise space. Uh, but the small medium enterprises served by the channel and MSP partners and MSSP partners uh, have typically not had access to these um, solutions for data discovery classification and vulnerability management in a way that has been affordable through their MSP partners. So we are we recognize this. We also recognize that the demands for things like due diligence related to cyber insurance uh, are becoming more and more stringent, as well as all of this SMB companies are now also being asked to be certified and compliant against more and more either governmentally imposed or industry-specific frameworks, right? The PCIs, GDPRs, PEPIDAs, HIPAAs, CMMCs, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so they need solutions that will answer a series of big, hairy, audacious questions. And they turn to their MSPs for help. So things like, where does all the important private and sensitive data in my organization live? What types of data does my organization have? How is that data vulnerable and what can be done about it? Internally, who at my organization has access to this important data and how have they been using it? And what else is installed where that 
data lives that may weaken its security posture and what real world dollars and cents surround the data and what does that liability picture look like? So these are the big, hairy, audacious questions that we are trying to answer for MSPs to offer their customers. Huh. So I would think the position you're taking is it doesn't matter whether the end customer is a single employee or 500 employees, that it still all applies. Pretty much. Exactly right. Yeah. Our, 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 the target market that we're trying to offer these solutions to is exactly what the MSP community that you service is trying to solve for, right? These com companies that are 25 to 250 to 2,500 users um, that typically haven't been able to afford solutions in the space that we're trying to solve for. And we're trying yeah. to streamline these many different things um, into one simple vendor umbrella and make the licensing such that these MSPs can uh, ingest this into their tech stack and offer it in a profitable way to their customers. So in the con in the scenario of a breach, right? Somebody clicked on the wrong link and ransomware or whatever, where does, like, would they be able to use your platform and say, well, but there's no data there to be worried about. Is that the concept? Exactly right. Because they will have used our platform and the insights that it has created to take the proper steps to secure the important data or move data that may have leaked to spots that are more vulnerable to they would have proactively already done the data hygiene steps to make sure that when somebody clicks on that link for a $50 Starbucks card and shouldn't have, um, nothing bad is actually going to happen. Hmm. Interesting. And do you, you know, like, so we always hear about the word defensibility, right? You know, like there's got eventually something bad will happen, but did you take the proper steps so that whenever that did happen, like the bleeding has been, you know, kind of lessened, right? So I know it's still early on, but have you run into an MSP who did have an end customer that got hit? And then were you were they able to use your platform to kind of like say, hey, we're okay here? You know, like there's nothing on this, you know, this, this, you know, particular machine or environment to worry about. Yes, exactly. That is a a primary use case for sure. Um, okay. an another one that is sort of adjacent is uh, a user loses an, a, a, their endpoint device or has it stolen. And then people are saying, well, what was on that? That might be important that we don't want to lose. Our platform, uh, based on the last time that device was scanned, can show exactly what was installed on it from a data perspective as well as a software perspective. So it okay. gives a lot of useful information to the people that are charged with the responsibility for administrating and securing a given environment. Okay. This is very interesting. You've, I mean, there's a lot of products that have an agent and scan the endpoint, all this stuff, but effectively what you've done is you've reversed the position and said, Hey, everybody has computers. Everybody has devices. Everybody is like, we care about the data. Yeah. So that everybody puts up their castle wall and tries to defend. Great. Everybody also forgets to ask themselves, what the heck are we actually trying to protect? And we provide that information. So how does the classification part work, right? Like, how do you determine the classification versus the 
end customer, the MSP, who may value one piece versus the other? So our baseline is uh, NIST's um, cybersecurity standards. So we pull okay. the, the baseline, P, what is defined as PII from that standard. Okay. Um, we also allow people to um, do uh, self-defined um, searches on the data that they have. So as a, for instance, if I'm an engineering firm, my CAD CAM and SOLIDWORKS files would be considered important to me. And I yep. can define that based on that file type and also apply a value to it in terms of what, mm. how much per instance of that type of data um, would that roll up to a, a master understanding for risk and liability. So we give the, the clients and the MSPs that service them the ability to tweak and tune those baseline understandings of what is PII in their world. Uh, but everybody considers the, the standard PII of uh, passports, uh, social security numbers, driver's license, credit card information, all that, that easily bucketable understanding of what is important, private and sensitive that you are responsible for stewarding as a company um, in this sort of base understanding of what we find by default out of the box. So how often is this scanning being done, right? Because like data changes pretty quickly and Sometimes, uh, especially with the work from anywhere crowd, like their computer may only be connected to the internet for small periods at a time. Yeah, great question. Um, so it, uh, the easy answer is it's definable by the administrator who sets it up. Uh, but typically what we do is uh, we say near real time, near continuous. So our agent is set in the background uh, to use available resources. We understand from the beginning that there is agent fatigue out there because everybody's got one. Um, but we uh, use our agent to only use available um, resources to conduct the scan. So what does that mean? It does not mean that our agent hip checks all the agents out of the way and resources out of the way to get its job done. It means it quietly uses a uh, uh, the, inf the available resources that it can to get the scan done, but the scan as a result may take longer, right? Because it's quietly using available resources and not interfering with other production items, um, but it'll just finish a scan and slowly start again and keep going so that you're getting what we call near real-time data um, in terms of information collection in relation to the PII types. Okay. What about mobile devices? So our, yeah, our strategy for mobile, we do not have an agent that's deployed on mobile. Mobile devices, um, really everything that lives on a mobile device that you would practically care about in conducting business uh, lives elsewhere. So we would prefer to tie to um, the Office 365 tenant or the G Suite tenant or um, iCloud or any other major repository where all the data that's on a mobile device actually lives. So we'll API, API connect to that and scan that information rather than deal with uh, being an agent on the mobile devices. It's just cleaner that way. Okay. So other than Office 365 and G Suite, what other like SaaS or cloud things are you able to tie into? Great question. Um, so things like box.com, 
there is a data repository that's big in the legal space uh, called iManage. Uh, we can tie to uh, Salesforce. Um, and on our roadmap, we have many others uh, as guided by our MSP community in terms of importance that uh, we are going to be tying into via API, things like Dropbox as well, and so on and so forth. So we got a big list uh, that uh, the feedback that we get from our MSP community uh, in terms of what comes next. So if this is an MSP design, blueprinted, built solution and company, how does the program work? Uh, in terms of our, our channel partner and reseller yeah. community is, program? Is there yeah. an eight-year contract? No. <laughs> Can you upgrade a downgrade without having to resign a new? I don't know. I'm just, you know that there's a lot of finicky people out on the threads out there that I just don't like certain things. So tell us how it's structured. Yeah, yeah. So um, thanks for asking that question. Um, because I spent 15 years on the MSP side, I had a different expectation when starting a channel program of myself as a vendor. Um, my goal from the start was to create a channel program that is uh, the kinder, gentler vendor uh, approach. Yeah, yeah, there you go, air quotes. Um, uh, but as a, for instance, our we I created a partner portal that was dead simple. I know that partner portal hell is a thing uh, for resellers. And I wanted something that was as simple as possible to get into, register a deal, get some sales collateral, and get out in three minutes. Uh, that was done intentionally. Our licensing can be consumed in two different ways. Uh, you can do a traditional deal where uh, you find an opportunity, you come to us, we help you scope the opportunity, we send you a quote, you add the margin of your choosing, and you sell it in a traditional VAR-like way uh, so the customer has the... Uh, sort of owns the assets. Uh, the way that most of our partners are consuming us is they purchase an amount of uh, bulk licensing that they get to control uh, in terms of distribute and disseminate amongst their many customers and the endpoints under management. Uh, and they just bake that in as a line item in their MSP offering and tech stack and just include us in uh, everything that they're doing uh, for their MSP customers. Uh, that seems to be the best way to approach things, and uh, it allows them the most overall flexibility and profitability Profitability as well. So uh, it's being very well received, and because, and I'll reiterate this, we are trying to provide th this offering for MSPs and their customer subset, which is the smaller end of the market in the SMB SME space. Uh, the licensing is quite inexpensive um, and allows them to be uh, profitable in doing so. Is there a minimum term, you know, commit? Is it month to month? Like, how does that part work? Yeah, it's an assumed one-year uh, contract. We do allow a uh, six-month ramp up uh, in order to get to the amount of agreed licensing in the bulk purchase that they have made. We understand mm -hmm. that MSPs can't flip a light switch and deploy something like this instantly out to all of their customers. So we allow them to, on a month over month basis during that six month ramp up, activate the number of licenses uh, that they are able to uh, before they assume control for being invoiced for the whole bulk amount. Um, again, circling back to the kinder, gentler vendor. No, hundred percent. And then I assume that they are like, 
is the system work like an RMM or like if you deploy agents to, you know, the end customer, it'll automatically tally up in the platform or do they have to intentionally turn on and turn off agents? Yeah, when they push out with their uh, tool of choice on mass to their clients, um, when the agents hit the endpoints and turn on, they will automatically register themselves with the platform tenant for that MSP. So we'll have a quick understanding of how many agents have been deployed to which customers and have been activated on those devices. It's pretty straightforward. Is there a co-manage play here? Like, let's say you have a larger customer and like they have internal IT, the MSPs, you know, kind of offsetting some things from them. Would you, you know, as MSP then get to extend your platform to the end customer? Yeah. So uh, just to be very clear, we are a, a product. We are not a service. The service all comes from the MSPs. Okay. Um, so we will not supplement in that way at all. We're not set up for it, no, nor do we have desire for it. The specialty professional services comes from our MSP partners who wrap that around our platform and the insights that yeah. come from it. Our platform does allow them to have flexibility in terms of if it if the customer it's themselves own the platform, the customer mm -hmm. can share administrative responsibilities back to the MSP and give them read or read and write responsibilities to the platform. If the MSP is deploying that out to their customer, they can do the same. So the MSP can do all the administration for the customer. They can also share um, uh, the administration in read or write form back to the customer, depending on how much participation the customer wants. So they can slice and dice however they want in terms of uh, who does what, who gets to see what, who gets to get re what reports, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. And then um, is there any automation, right? Like, you know, a lot of MSPs are getting all this, you know, all fancy now these days. Like, is there APIs available to be able to like create new accounts as they bring on end customers from, you know, somewhere else? Or do they have to manually go in and do all those steps? Yes, we do. Uh, we're, we do have uh, templating coming out in the platform shortly. So if uh, an MSP has a base deploy that they have established uh, and they onboard a new customer, they can automatically deploy in that fashion. We also have an open API set. So if they want to digest the information and bring it into their own Power BI or uh, something like that to present the information in, and consume it in the way of their choosing or present it to the customer in the way of their choosing, or if they have uh, another platform that they use for QBRs to present information to the customer, they can do anything they want in terms of uh, how they pull information from our platform. They don't have to just use our user interface. Okay. And then, you know, we don't have to get into, I assume that, you know, everybody does things differently, right? If they buy more, is there, is this tiered in a pricing standpoint or how, how does that, like, are there bands that you have to be within in order to get to certain prices? Yep, there is a tiering. However, again, circling back to the fact that our MSP partners service the small medium business, mm -hmm. um, we do have our bulk licensing where our maximum discounted tier is only 1,000 uh, seats of licensing. So okay. it gets that's very not, inexpensive that's not very ridiculous. quickly. It yeah. is not. Yeah, it's most a very of, number. 
most MSPs out there we find have uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 2,000 to 6,000 deployed endpoints in North America. So to get to 1,000 as a starting place and already hit the maximum discounting level, we think is a very advantageous prospect mm -hmm. uh, to be a profitable item to allow any MSP to become more sophisticated and nuanced in their security practice by being able to focus on the liability of their customers and all of the other things they do around that liability uh, through our platform and just baking it into their technology stack and offering it to their customers. Okay. Um, so obviously when we talk about security, we always talk about layering, right? There's not, not one silver bullet, right? It takes yep. multiple angles. So is there anything that, you know, the MSP would say, hey, this platform has now check boxes that I, I don't necessarily need overlap from other places? Yeah. Or is this generally opening up a lane that they haven't covered before? Great question. Opening up a lane is the answer. So we are not part of the castle wall block and tackle stack, right? That is left to their other um, choices of pervert providers. We don't have a, a lot of overlap there. Uh, what we do concentrate on is allowing that additional nuance and sophistication in relation to a data understanding and making um, intelligent decisions based on information. Um, and so that is a new lane or offering that they can, can add um, as an MSP that isn't involved in the established block and tackle castle wall uh, type stuff. Um, and we will not interfere, only supplement and add to what they're already doing. I was going to say, not interfere. Back to the 30 agents on every computer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it does add up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is there a different approach to the endpoint of the end user versus like a server? There's not, no. And we've done that intentionally. Uh, we don't delineate between user endpoints, physical servers, virtual machines, or cloud-connected data repositories. It's all the same. The licensing is the same. Uh, and it's all a bundled solution. So you get the data discovery and classification and the vulnerability management. And we haven't even talked about the data access model, meaning we now can demonstrate in the platform who in the company has access to that data and what they have been doing with it with a file audit. So it's additional layers of contextual information to allow the MSPs to make smart decisions about where they need to focus their time and energy for the biggest bang for the buck on behalf of their customer and make additional technology recommendations to shore up that environment from a security standpoint to protect the, the liability. So that's that's intriguing. The We're now monitoring who has access to what and how things were changed or what people did with it. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's so identify a pretty big question because every time somebody asks that question, they're like, oh, we need to go check the logs. Either there wasn't logging in place or it doesn't go back far enough to figure out what happened. Right. Exactly right. So we can say, um, you know, where is the important stuff in the environment? What it is, where it lives, who has access to it? What have they been doing with it? And how is it currently vulnerable in its existing state? And of course, hmm. how to make it not vulnerable. Are there flags in the system for like, for example, like a lot of people 
when data is accessed that maybe hasn't been touched in a really long time, or all of a sudden a lot of data is being accessed in a short period of time, that's usually a sign that something bad's happening, right? Is there is there some sort of you know way to get notified in those situations through this? Yeah, we have uh, in our policy and alerting framework, people can set up effectively if this then that statements that get sent out via email, digested into the PSA and turned into tickets to be actioned by the MSP's help desk. So you can say things like, on this CFO endpoint at this customer, tell me when the risk score that I've set at seven is exceeded. And when it is, send an email to the ticketing system and tell me what are the circumstances that caused it to be exceeded and what should I do about it? Hmm. That's interesting. And then for the ticketing integration, what do you already have in your platform? Yep. So we're uh, we're working on um, native PSA integrations via API right now. Uh, primary, um, the, the big ticket items are uh, ConnectWise and Autotask, as you can imagine. Um, and uh, right now, uh, we can have our uh, outbound emails be ingested by those existing systems and turned into tickets. That's uh, how we're doing it today. We're mm -hmm. uh, increasing native integrations as we go. Okay. Um, how many partners do you have right now? Yep, we're hanging around 50 right now, um, but we're adding a about a partner a week as we stand right now. So it's okay. uh, it's a pretty pretty steady growth path. I think what we're seeing is uh, people are realizing, oh, data is the focus, right? Mm -hmm. We don't get any points and, uh, and hero biscuits for just patching everything, right? And you've only got so much time as an MSP. Um, you want to spend your time in the best possible places to have the biggest impact on your client's security. And they're realizing, oh, uh, it's, it's the data. Right, informed decision making is really what we allowed uh, our MSP providers to have um, in relation to you know where the crown jewels is at their customers. And again, their customers honestly have no idea. Fair. Um, it sounds like you're still really early on, but have you looked into? Uh, like plans for international, right? I know Canada is really close by and they have data sovereignty rules, but. Um... So we're actually in Canada, oh. but our focus is the U.S. Uh, okay. Because uh, the U.S. is always the pointy end of the spear. You have more drivers and compliance requirements uh, than we do. We're two or three years ahead of the rest of the world. Um, and we're just America's hat anyway. Uh, for, for all intents and purposes, it's uh, it's where the needs and the drivers are. So we're focused on our time and energy on uh, North American MSPs. Okay. At some point in the future, somebody from somewhere else is going to come knocking. I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get there. We have many had many accidental uh, conversations with uh, people in Australia and the United Kingdom. Mm -hmm. uh, but we uh, we want our focus to be North America as it stands right now and for the immediate future. Fair enough. Um, really slick. I, 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 you know, again, I, to your point, I just think that this concept has really been more of an enterprise concept, to be honest. Yeah. 
just like everything else, right? VMware yeah. started in the enterprise and in the data center and pushed smaller and smaller, smaller organizations. Same thing's happening here, right? And we're trying to be uh, the thing that brings it to the MSP space and allows those uh, partners to be more sophisticated and, and have those answers in a way that's affordable to those small, medium enterprises uh, and that the MSP can still be quite profitable in doing so. That's awesome. No, I... I... I'm, I am a, I am a fan of the bootstrap, you know, I mean, there's a lot of cool companies that started out of MSPs like this one. Yeah. Um, I actually yeah. think those are the ones that are most successful, in my opinion, but I digress. Yeah. Uh, I guess Microsoft's pretty successful, although they have their problems too. Apparently <laughs> they, they lose security keys and such. I don't know. Uh, maybe they need your platform to figure out why. Anyway, I, you know, tongue in cheek. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really love the inventiveness, if that's a word, of like the things, you know, a lot of these were challenges like in, inside of your business. And you're like, hey, if it's a challenge for us, it's a challenge for everyone else. And that's where a lot of the great SaaS solutions in the industry have come from. Exactly right. I mean, cybersecurity requirements and due diligence and the drivers related to compliance, uh, you know, uh, GRC rules and regs, everything that's happening there. I mean, we check a lot of boxes and make it easy for uh, MSPs to say yes when their customers say, can you help us with that? Yeah. Um, specific to compliances, like you mentioned PCI, I think earlier, you know, there's CMMCs, I guess every day changes, I feel like, but it's out there. Yep. And then there's HIPAA and there's SOX. Um, I assume that there's a, checkboxes in all of these different compliances that this solves for? So there's a lot of crossover and cross-pollination amongst those many frameworks. Mm -hmm. um, so we find the, the base asks that all of those frameworks have mm -hmm. uh, in terms of hunting for and finding the important private and sensitive data in the environment, having an understanding mm -hmm. of where it lives, what it is, who has access to it, what have they been doing with it, um, and you know, what is the liability in terms of dollars and cents that surrounds it? All of those frameworks in one way or another, ask those same questions. We answer those questions and it's, uh, it, we can have our reporting structured in such a way that it answers the questions based on the frameworks. That's awesome. I, I definitely, I, you know, definitely piques my interest. I think that a lot of MSPs of every size have a hard time answering the questions like just the ones that you brought up there a lot of effort goes into it and a lot of the time the answer on the other side is we don't know right so yeah, exactly you know like if you're supposed to be the expert having the answer pretty important being able to have a defensible story by the way i still think it's super important you know like msps unfortunately i think we're going to get sued more and more and more if anything because of a perception yeah Right. Not even what's in the contract, like just a perception. Well, you're the expert. You should know. Right. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> you know, like I think that, that that's a wide berth of things that could go bad. But no, I, I like the solution. I like that it's, it's designed from an MSP for MSPs. I know that's cliche, but it definitely sounds like that's the case here. Uh, sounds like you're still very early on, but I love, you know, usually that's when people can get the most input in, right? Feature requests. <laughs> Yep. Changes, yeah. modifications, that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, exactly right. We, we reserve 30% of our dev cycles for uh, moving to feedback from our MSP community. I love that. Do you, have you guys been, you know, plan to be out on the road anywhere uh, event wise or? Yeah, absolutely. We uh, do a whole bunch of events. Um, later in the year, we're doing uh, IT Nation. We're doing uh, the, the DataCon event. Uh, we're doing MSP 501. We're doing a whole bunch of uh, events. We're all over the place trying to get the word out there. No MSPs can buy us if they've never heard of us. So that's a trick. Yep, yep exactly well, right. Well, Chris, I hope to hopefully run out, uh, run into you somewhere on the road. Um, I thought this is a this is a slick solution. Uh, I think it, it, you know, like you said, creates a lane that didn't necessarily exist before, not easily. Yeah. And uh, if it's as affordable as you're saying it is, and I'm sure people can call and find out exactly what that means. Um, kind of seems like it's a checkbox that honestly should just be checked. Yeah, I would have a tendency to agree, but I'm a little biased, George. Just a little bit. It's all good. <laughs> Chris, where can people find you, your company, more information on the solution, the program, all that jazz? Yeah, uh, cavello.com, C-A-V-E-L-O.com. Uh, great place to start. Uh, you can look at uh, the, click the partner button at the top. You can find out more information about uh, how to become a partner. You're welcome to contact me as well. Uh, Chris.shoemaker at cavello.com. Love to talk to you. Bada bing. I appreciate your time, my friend. I will give you uh, some very precious time back in your day. This session was recorded, everyone. Uh, we're going to send this out to all the speeds and feeds, but it is definitely going to be on MSPinitiative.com under sessions. And uh, look out for these guys. If you're not going to reach out, bump into them at an event and check it out. It sounds like it's worthwhile. In my opinion, these are questions that you really need to have answers to. And they're going to point the finger at you anyway. Might as well have a good position to be in. Thank you very Love much, it. Chris. Catch Thanks, you on the George. other side, my friend. You got it. Have a good day. Yeah. Bye.